Hi, and welcome to Sci-Fi Around the World. I'm Andy Parry, and today we're off to Luxembourg. So, moi und willkommen up Luxembourg, which is, hello and welcome to Luxembourg in Luxembourgish. And today, we're not travelling alone. So, hi, and uh, welcome to Seth Heasley. Um, I'm guessing everybody who's listened to a science fiction podcast has heard of Seth Heasley, because... You have so that. many, you have so many great guests, and all, all your guests have great podcasts, and you have guested on so many other podcasts as well. So you're kind of quite ubiquitous. I, I have made the rounds. It's true. Yeah, so yeah. Thanks for having me, Andy. No, it's it's really cool that you can make this. Um, so I don't know. Do you want to introduce yourself, or do you think that's a bit? Sure. I mean, I, I can do, do it. it for anybody who doesn't know me. I'm, I'm Seth Easley. I'm a host of the Hugo's There podcast. I've been working my way through reading the winners of the Hugo Award for Best Novel for better part of seven years. I'm almost finished with the list. Uh, as as we record this, I'm, I'm working on the penultimate title for me, which is The Wanderer by Fritz Leiber. So that's probably where people know me the best. And I have guested on dozens of other podcasts as well. Yeah. And this your other podcast as well. Uh, yeah, take me to your reader is my yeah, other podcast. That's um, brilliant. I like that. One. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Um, but you know, because uh, my mum might listen to this, she's like my only other subscriber, so she might not have heard of who you are. So <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I guess it's you can probably tell I, I'm I'm from the U.S. Uh, from the west coast of the U.S. I, sorry, west coast of the U.S. I live in Oregon, originally from Alaska. Yeah. Oh, the thing is, I know all this because I've listened to your podcast so many yeah. times. It's like, yeah. it's like, yeah, it's really weird yeah, it comes up. To, talking to somebody that I think I know. Oh, yeah, because it was really cool because occasionally yeah. you talk about disc golf. I play disc golf. Oh, nice. <laughs> like, no one plays disc golf. <laughs> and it's like, and then you were just talking about uh, you and Colin playing disc golf and talking about books. Yeah, like, we play practically every day. And uh, like I was, we were talking before we started recording that I was in London for like nine hours a few years ago. And I was really tempted to bring a couple of discs and try and find a, a course <laughs> in, somewhere in central London, which I don't even know. I don't think so. <laughs> no. no. Um, so didn't get to mark that country off the list, but uh, we'll get back sometime. Yeah, yeah. Good. Or oh, if you do, I'll come up. Well, there's a course like near me <laughs> sweet yeah we'll do it <laughs> really good fun um so i've got um seth on to talk about ralph 124c 41 plus uh a romance of the year 2660 by hugo grensback gernsback how did you pronounce it gernsback yeah gernsback yeah. yeah okay that's probably right yeah so that's who <laughs> The Hugo Award is named after. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because, you know, when we were talking about, about doing a crossover of some kind, you're like, well, it happens that my next country I was thinking of doing was Luxembourg and Hugo yeah. Gensberg. And I thought, well, I'm the perfect guest for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes so much sense. Um, because yeah. we get to interrogate, why did this guy get the Hugo Award named for him? And it is not because of this book. No, 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 no. Um, hey, do you want to do a... Like, you your guests normally do the synopsis of the books, don't they? They do, yeah. So oh, does no. that mean <laughs> I can do it? I mean, yeah, it's it's not it's not going to be it's not a hard one. <laughs> to, yeah, no, uh... it's it's quite a simple book. It could be retitled uh, "Hugo Mansplains Everything to Alice." Um, it, it's you know set in the far future in I think it's in New York, yeah. And uh, yeah. essentially, he gives a tour of New York to Alice and explains all the cool future technology. Uh, meanwhile, she's a very sought after person. Uh, she has a Martian and a human 
vying for her affections and basically kidnapping her over and over. And Hugo, has, or not Hugo, <laughs> Ralph has to try to foil them uh, at every turn. And um, yeah, that's basically it. It's a tour of New York. Um, I, I wrote down in my notes that if you like the section of The Caves of Steel by Isaac Asimov, when the guy is talking at length about how they make all their foods with yeast, that's what this book is. It's Ralph explaining in detail all the nonsense science from 1911 that he projected into the future. Yeah. But there is, he does make some really cool predictions. For does, the same yeah. As, yeah, like solar energy and mm-hmm. uh, solar panels, which I'm guessing when just didn't exist at all not even yeah i didn't i didn't actually look up the history of that no um but what did he call them no heliodynamophores oh yeah that's the yeah. good thing about the, the book that i've got the, the the bison published it in the back there is just a list of the inventions and oh, a nice. brief summary of them yeah 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 there's quite a bit of that um the you know, the, I guess I, I don't want to hijack your podcast, so I'll, I'll hand it back over to you. Where do we go from here? So normally, well, normally I talk about how I found the book, and I found yeah, the book because um, when I'm a gardener, I'm a self-employed gardener, and one of my customers went on holiday to Luxembourg and was showing me photos of Luxembourg, mm. and it looks lovely, and she was showing me like the the nice kind of formal gardens she went to. So when I got home that night, I was just like, oh, I'll look up you know science fiction authors from from Luxembourg. Mm-hmm. assuming that I wouldn't find a single one. It would just be one of those dead ends that I've found so many of so far. Mm. Um, <laughs> but then Hugo Gernsback pops up, and then it was like, ah, oh, that's the Hugo who the Hugo Awards are named after. Yeah. And I had always assumed it was um, the other Hugo, uh, Victor Hugo, that oh, the gotcha. Hugos <laughs> were um, named after. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know it was a French award, no. right? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just never thought about who the Hugos were named after. Yeah. And so you know, um, so now that was really surprising. And I, I posted on. I think that's how I came across you, or you came across me, because I posted it on the Facebook. Um, yeah, the science fiction book club. Yeah, the science fiction book club. Yeah, um, that's how we Facebook connected first. Time, which is really good. I really like mm-hmm. that site. Um, yeah. And then yeah, so then yeah, it was just really cool. It was really good to find a, a, a science fiction author from a really, really small country. Right. right. Quite an obscure country as well. So that was, yeah, really big plus for me. So, Yeah, I, I think that's one of those countries that Americans probably can't locate on a map. I, I, most <laughs> Europeans couldn't either. Right. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it borders France and some other countries. Yeah. Yeah. Belgium, probably. Yeah, Belgium as well. But only yesterday, I, I I only found out that Luxembourgish is its own language. I yeah, I'd, I'd assumed they spoke French or German, yeah, me too. But so yesterday, because you know the introduction, I was trying to say hello and welcome to whatever country I'm in in their language, mm-hmm. and thought, oh, this is going to be easy. I can say that in German without looking it up. I can say it in French without looking it up, and then looked it up. And I was like, oh, right. I'm going to have to yeah. And then I use Google Translate to do the. Uh, uh, the Luxembourgish, nice introduction. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, it's a fascinating country that I know nothing about, never visited. So yeah, one day I might go visit it. <laughs> um, so yeah, how did you come across the book? Or I, I mean, I came across it in uh, my conversation with you, right? I was yeah. not really aware of uh, Hugo Gernsback's 
turns back, I guess, um, of his literary output. I only kind of knew him by reputation because of the his name on the award. I knew that he was really key in kind of starting up science fiction fandom and and science fiction magazines and that kind that sort of stuff. Um, but I didn't know anything about his short stories or or other fiction. So had you read any of his short stories? No, no, not uh, not at all. So uh, I have you to blame for making me read yeah. this book. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he did all the the magazines that sound like they're more like sales magazines for electrical items. I'm not right. sure if there were science fiction magazines. I think maybe no, he, some... yeah, he did both, right? right? So he founded Amazing Stories, um, yeah, okay, but he yeah. also, I think I wrote down another one of the ones that, that he actually founded. Um, oh, there were, maybe yeah, I didn't. No, there was, there was one about like science. Well, there was one yeah, that he did a bunch didn't... of, yeah, Modern Electronics magazine. Yes. Yeah. yeah and, if, and there was one called Gadgets, which I think only had like one. Mm-hmm. One, um, yeah, I mean, magazine. he's just he was he's a super old school nerd, right? I mean, like yeah. into electronics and and gadgets and that kind of stuff. He had over eighty patents, um, wow. so you know, he was an inventor as well. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it'd be he's interesting. A, a to pioneering like radio guy as well. Before it was called radio, it was still it was called wireless. wireless. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, wow. yeah, he would have been a great guy to meet. Like, it just sounds like it'd be like totally crazy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it'd be good to go like find one of like the original magazines or even just like, I'm sure there, there must be digital copies. Someone must have. Oh yeah. I mean, if you look on the internet the archive, there's, there's tons of old magazines yeah. and that kind of stuff. I love the, just the names of some of the old magazines. Cause there was amazing stories. There's wonder stories, which he, he came up with after. Amazing Stories was sold off to someone else, I think. And then it got bought by like Thrilling Magazine or something. So then it's Thrilling Wonder Stories. And I just, <laughs> those names are so charming to me. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so that's, yeah, that's how we found the books then, which kind of ticks off that section for me. Yeah. And then, Jerry, I just like, you know, there's things that I like to talk about the things. Actually, no, because normally I start with what I don't like and then, and then move on to what I like. I change that. Sounds around. good. <laughs> because otherwise you just end on a bit of a low. Yes. And if we start on the stuff we don't like, we can then turn it around and go, but I love this. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Um, so the stuff I didn't like, I, I did like, there's no, there's not much of a story. And there's no. like, is it 12 chapters? Is it? I wonder if it the chapters. Yeah. I think it is 12 chapters. Which was the because it's in because it was released as a chapter in a magazine, mm-hmm. so each so it's episodic. Um, so there's like chapters in the middle. I think there's like four or five chapters right in the middle of the in the book where nothing happens. No, absolutely nothing. Yeah. And it's just like the tour down. of New York part. Yeah, it's yeah. the tour of New York, and yeah. then well, it, there's a whole chapter where it's just like, sit down, little woman, let me tell you about economics it all started when a man would trade a goat for a coat and it was just like oh god and it was just this <laughs> just massive amount of mansplaining yeah yeah it's brutal it's like, i'm so clever and you're a woman let me explain this to you <laughs> yeah and it's just yeah. like ah oh. but it's like four chapters so if you were reading this magazine there'd have been four months <laughs> where you you'd be like Hold on, wasn't there a story going on? <laughs> and then, like month, you know, like you're into month, the fifth month after reading nothing. It's like, 
oh yeah <laughs> she's been kidnapped and he's going to go rescue right. her <laughs> that's <Right>. the story <laughs> yeah yeah the so with older science fiction you know i i always want to cut them some slack about dodgy science uh, especially if I can look back and go, okay, well, you're talking about radioactivity well before we really understood it, right? And there's there's a bit of that here because he talks about some nonsense about radium as a fuel source. Um, radioactivity, you know, there there were like standards for handling of radioactive materials starting in like the 20s. And this book's from 1911, right? So yeah. it's a little in advance of that. But he refers to the ether a number of times, and and that was something that had kind of been pretty much disproven in the 19th century. And I would think any reasonably literate person who is interested in science might know that the ether thing was, had gone bye-bye by then, um, because this is after uh, Einstein's special relativity had been published in 1905. So I, I have a really hard time cutting him slack about the ether stuff. But <laughs> is that yeah. Was that the stuff where he was making things invisible? No, it's just like he basically any any of the scientific concepts like like exactly what happens why is radium uh, emitting energy for no reason, right? We know it's radioactive. Yeah. He said it interacts with the ether, right? It's very active in the ether. And Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so was he using ether as in the wavelength for yeah, like light the, or just proposed, ether as in yeah. yeah. No, the the proposed medium that light would uh, would tra be transmitted through because at yeah. that point, you know, we had realized lights were wave, light was waves, and we look at everything else: sound waves, water waves, anything. There has to be a medium through which they're propagated, and so there was this discarded, eventually discarded theory called the luminiferous ether that proposed that there must be something, some medium through which light goes because it can't just go through a vacuum. Mm. Um, but there were the Michelson Morley experiment was a famous one in like 1896 where they pretty much said, no, we can't find any evidence that this exists. And, uh, and that was at that point, you know, Einstein started working on his theories and, and ether got discarded shortly thereafter. It's actually a, a topic that I'm really interested in the, the, the whole notion of discarded theories, because okay. there's all kinds of theories uh, through, through the history of science that were really useful at the time. And eventually they get superseded or overturned by something else, but they did move the ball forward. Hmm. And yeah, I guess if this book's written as a hard science fiction, right. and from from his viewpoint, mm -hmm. and and now from you know as we look back at it with a hundred years of technological advances, you can say oh it is more magic, but yeah. from his point of view, yeah, if he's bending, <laughs> if he's slightly ignoring some theories and some yeah uh, stuff that's come out, yep. Yeah, other than that, now, how did you pronounce the uh, Martian's name with the double L? Oh, I did not write it down, actually. No, I've just realized I did. Uh, that's it. Double L, Y, S, A, N, O, H. No, O, R, H. I, I, I had a mental pronunciation of it at some point, and then I realized I was skipping some letters. Yeah, it's like Lysanor. Yeah. Yeah, but in Welsh, a double L is a chl sound. You, mm. You've got that, so like chlandudno and things like that. So I was like, mm. but it, you know, with the double L Y, I couldn't find any Welsh that would support that. So mm. yeah, that was just, I just thought about that. because I was just thinking about the Martian and others. Yeah, like 
when I was thinking about stuff I don't like. Don't like no, the Martian. Every time, yeah. Every time I wrote him, <laughs> wrote anything about him down, I just wrote the Martian. The Martian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want just... to deal with autocorrect on my phone. No. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird thing with the Martians not being able to marry humans. Just I mean, to... it's not that strange, right? There, there's there's all kinds of history of. Uh, what's it called? Miscegenation laws, uh, anti-miscegenation where, where they don't want people of different races uh, yeah. who are all human to, to marry. And so it's not, it doesn't surprise me that if we had beings on two planets, that there might be that same sort of kind of racist laws. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But in the future, it's all nice. Like in Star Trek. I never really understood either where the Martian guy at some point, he he had kind of given up, right? He's like, okay, this is it's never going to happen because it's illegal, and yeah. so I'm I'm over it. And then then all of a sudden, he goes, but what if I kidnap her <laughs> from someone else who's already kidnapped her, <laughs> and then we'll run away together? And I'm like, I'm not, I'm still not sure how he thinks this relationship is going to work. Yeah, just you know, that was that's the really nice thing when um, I thought that bit was quite funny. The, the um, spaceships that they have, the UFOs, have. When, no, when he kidnapped uh, Alice, Ralph's uh, love interest, he ki- also took her a maid. Because, <laughs> you know, right. and, you know, <laughs> right, you know, well, I'm going to kidnap you, but you can still have your uh, your maid with you. It's just like, right. oh, it's, oh, it's nice. Oh, what a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's a kindler and a gentler kidnapper. Yeah. I don't think the maid had a name, or did she? I can't remember. If she didn't, did, I didn't write it down. Yeah, she just disappeared in the I story mean, the, as well. You know, the characterization in, in this novel is not great, right? Ralph no. is super smart, knows everything. Um, yeah, yeah. Alice Big is really guy pretty. as well. Strong as well. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's physical prowess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can roller skate as well. Great on a pair of roller skates. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. That's right. That's that's kind of the way they zip around town is on on rollerblades, electric yeah. rollerblades. Electric rollerblades. <laughs> it reminds me of in in the Caves of Steel, uh, Asimov, where they have um, sort of like tracks. Um, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. That well, you can then there's faster ones and faster ones. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, and yeah, and thought about that, but yeah, yeah. That, and that's yeah. like the uh, the public transit version of what they had. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was all steel roads as well, wasn't it? Stealonium. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Everything was impermeable and impervious. Yeah. The um oh what was I gonna say? I think I just lost it. Oh well. Oh the lighting. That's right. The the, the lighting of the, the city was all be these iridium coils. Oh yeah. So the city was bright at all times, I guess. Which yeah. might be a little annoying. Yeah. And, and weird for wildlife and stuff. Yeah. I guess just generally, you know, about this book, in case anybody is interested in reading it, if you enjoy reading, you know, short stories and that kind of stuff from kids in high school, maybe middle school, <laughs> honestly, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean. It's just a lot of the stuff in here just reminds me of, of something written by a young person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, someone really enthusiastic yeah, but you know, but I guess in when he wrote it, there wasn't, and he was editing it himself. And I don't know, actually, yeah. I'm not sure if he edited it himself, but he definitely published it himself. Mm-hmm. So it was just mainly, I guess, for his amusement. But then that, that's yeah, because you, uh, when we're talking before we started the podcast, um, 
the bison book that I've got has got a, a preface written by um, Hugo Grensback in 1950. So 26 years after he first wrote it, mm. it got republished as uh, the, f- yeah, the, oh, what was it? 1950 version. Yeah. The 1950 version. And he basically admits that he's not a very good writer. <laughs> he, he didn't know what he was doing. He wrote, you know, he was finishing the chapters at three, four o'clock in the morning on the day that he had to submit them. Oh. So he has no, he's very humble about his accomplishment. And he, right. <laughs> I think he'd be the first person to admit yeah. that it's not that good. <laughs> yeah. Sure. That it's not but, a, a masterpiece. But so. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, you know, Douglas Adams did the same kind of thing when he was doing the original um radio plays for Hitchhiker's Guide mm. and those were brilliant so yeah but he did rewrite them <laughs> yeah yeah he did. many many times mm-hmm. and yeah he got better and better <laughs> but I wouldn't compare this to uh, Hitchhiker's Guide that's oh, Lord, my, no. like that's my all-time favorite so okay <laughs> <laughs> that comparison's not allowed <laughs> no no other than the humility of the uh of the authors mm-hmm. <laughs> being you know self-deprecating it's a short book, right? That's that's fair to say, but but it's it's oh, always shocking to, to me. No, no, I'm not. On, I'm, oh, we're moving I'm on not to moving, good things you like. I'm about. not. No, I'm not doing that <laughs> <laughs> because it's always even more shocking to me when a 150 page novel can be just an absolute hideous bore, and <laughs> and and that's that's kind of what this was. Um, there there are bright spots, and and we'll talk about those. But um, it it really does take some doing to make such a short novel. So tedious. Yeah. I mean, I think when I made notes, I made notes on each chapter. And I think it's from like chapter four, nothing happens. They go out on roller skates, talk about metal roads and streetlights. Chapter five, they go and play tennis. There's a solar farm. Um, he talks about the postal service um, and uh, synthetic food. Then he goes to a food processing factory. And so that's like chapters four, five, six, seven. He talks about uh, artificial cloth factory, mansplaining money and economics. Um, Yeah, so it's chapters four, five, six, and seven. There is zero plot development. Nothing happens to any of the characters apart from Ralph explaining stuff to his girlfriend. Right. I, I, another alternate title that I wrote down was worst date ever <laughs> because it's essentially what, what it is, right? He meets her at the beginning, saves her life. And, and then she comes to New York with her father and he woos her. Right. And yeah. at some point I'm just like, why is Alice still interested in this? <laughs> yeah. I mean, just cause he saves her life. She owes him nothing after, you know, just yeah. saying thank you. <laughs> exactly. She- she traveled under the uh, under the Atlantic to meet him as well. That mm-hmm. was an odd way of going, but yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was my my chapter eight uh, summary. Was holy invisible cloaks, Batman. There's some plot development. <laughs> Alice <Yes>. gets kidnapped, <laughs> that- but very quickly found by Ralph. <laughs> right, right. That scene does have one of my favorite. It's not a line. It's just a a reference to 
and maybe maybe we should move into things that bright spots <laughs> oh yeah okay i think i think we've done all the negative stuff yeah 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 she she is you know has an invisibility cloak thrown over her by fernand right is that the guy's name yeah uh, um, yeah we'll call him fernand it's yeah. close enough and at some point, you know, they're they're fleeing from Hugo, who has, of course, very quickly gone back to his lab and figured out a way to detect this cloak, <laughs> um, and and then narrows him down to to this particular part of the city. Runs after him, Fernand takes her into a shop, and then you know removes the cloak and runs away. And, yeah. and uh, Ralph asks the store manager, "Well, why didn't you try and stop him?" And he says, "Well, I gave him a look; he won't soon forget." <laughs> <laughs> like okay, you you looked at him sternly. What well a done. hero! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean the good bits on the book. I mean, I do like his his vision of the future, uh, like things like video conferencing. Really, mm-hmm. you know, that was you know for the again nineteen eleven. What a uh, insightful thing, like video conferencing. Yeah, um, solar panels was another one that I was like, oh wow, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, did did you like the liquefied food? Oh, well, <laughs> the, the scientific restaurant. <laughs> yes, I would go to that restaurant and have just food poured into my mouth. No, no, yeah. you just, it was a tube, wasn't it? It was a like, tube. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no texture. Yeah, I mean, so a part of the problem that I have here is you have to have Alice being fairly ignorant of New York yeah. in order for for to need all the explanations of everything. And this is a technological society, which essentially has video conferencing throughout the world. So you'd think that knowledge and information would spread as well. And I can't, so I can't really justify her being as ignorant as she is. Yeah, because she was, maybe she she was was humoring him the whole time. (laughs) Maybe. Because she was, I'm sure, uh, Ralph, I keep wanting to call him Ralph Hugo. Ralph wanted to, was impressed by her intellect. Mm hmm. Uh, so, and that coming from one of the top ten male scientists in the world, right? Which is why he has a plus at the end of his name. Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, the last line. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not going to go into the I, last I'm line. I'm absolutely the book. convinced that he came up with the last line of the book first, and then, <laughs> then reverse engineered the story. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I, I, oh, so I will say the opening scene when he saves her life by redirecting you know, essentially high power radio waves to, yeah. to vaporize uh, an avalanche. I thought that was pretty cool actually. And I, I, I was like, okay, I, I can get into tone. a story like this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's silly, but it's fun. Yeah. 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 It's got that kind of uh, early Batman series, like the original yes. Batman series, that camp um, over the top yeah. way to save someone. It's yeah. That tone I like. I Yeah. But if that was the tone all the way through the book, that would be really quite good fun without yeah. all the crowbarred mm-hmm. gadgetry and technological wonderments that he throws in. Mm-hmm. I, I like the floating city as well, which is essentially yeah. like a floating Amish village or or, or, <laughs> yeah, or no something where, where there's no technology <laughs> and people can go there for just a few days and it's it's like taking a month-long vacation. Yeah. And lots of sports. Yes, obviously. Yeah, yeah no, that was good. And it's, yeah, it's all, all anti-gravity, perfectly balanced on yeah. anti-gravity. I can't remember. There was a scientific explanation for it that made no sense. Yeah, exactly. Just there for relaxation. So you go to this super high-tech place that has no technology. 
Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, so, and I was thinking of, um, have you ever read, um, out of the silent planet, the space trilogy by C.S. Lewis? No, no. Okay. This kind of goes back to what I was talking about, about cutting authors some slack for science that wasn't known at the time. Nobody had been to space when he's, when Lewis was writing his first uh, book in this series. And so he imagined that if you go, if you left the earth, the earth's atmosphere, you'd get up there and it'd be very warm and bright because the sun's up there. Uh, And, um, and that, that just kind of reminded me of some of the stuff here where Gernsback was talking about how in space, there's no gravity or, you know, there's no, there's no forces pulling on you. And so, you don't even use any energy and can can just barely sleep. You don't even require sleep because you're in, in null G. <laughs> That's a nice idea. But. Yeah. Oh, and because he was bored, he had nothing to do. So he didn't right. have to sleep. It's just like, mm-hmm. it's not quite how. But, you know, you must know that just because you're bored and, you know, just because you lay about all day, you still sleep. Right. Six, seven hours mm-hmm. at least. So, yeah, that was odd. So I do feel like in terms of bright spots, the, the beginning sort of rescue. And then once things actually start happening and Alice is kidnapped, it's fairly exciting. I mean, it, it was interesting, at least, the the chase where uh, Ralph is trying to find out where exactly Fernanda is taking her. And then the yeah. mystery there, which I was I was surprised by. I, I didn't see the Martian coming back into it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was really cool. The, the like, I, I'll do spoilers in, yeah. uh, in this podcast. I don't, you know. The book's been released for over a hundred years. If you haven't read it, then that's, <laughs> exactly. that's, that's not my problem. <laughs> I don't feel like anyone has read it, but um... <laughs> and I don't think we're spoiling it for anybody. No, um, I forgot what I was doing now. Uh... About the kidnapping and the oh market. yeah, the kidnapping. Yeah, yeah, that twist was really cool. Yeah, where he where he catches up with the kidnapper and then yeah, she's been re-kidnapped by somebody else. Yeah, yeah, Fern, Fernand. It was Fernand. I did look it up. Mm-hmm. And and you know he left him behind, completely helpless. Like, well, I'm not oh, going to yeah. kill you. But he but was he, he, he was totally killing him by, yeah, by yeah. abandoning him. <laughs> yeah, you didn't pull the trigger, but you've you've just left him floating in space. <laughs> He's mm-hmm. going to die. You know. Yeah. 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 Bad guy. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, the, yeah. It was good. Yeah, I think once like. I think because I was so stuck, like there was those four chapters that really starved you of yeah. plot development. When the plot restarted, I got really into it and I got yeah, really excited. And it was just mm-hmm. like, oh, brilliant. And there's like, it's a NAF story. Oh, I'm going to have to start. Uh, yeah, NAF means bad and lame <laughs> and weak. <laughs> Before I start throwing in English and Derbyshire colloquialisms. Uh, yeah. yeah, but yeah, the story did pick up pace towards the end and... Yeah. yeah if you do read this one, like when you get to those four chapters in a row, it, it does turn up eventually. It's just, it's rough in the middle. Yeah. 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 yeah it, it was 12 chapters, I'm sure. Oh, no, it was 13. Did a little bit of the air. Uh, that's what, oh, I should have started this at the end. So who, uh, so when I was trying to, so when I, um, read the books, I always kind of imagine, you know, you picture I you picture the person and what kind of person they are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with Ralph, all I could imagine him was like a really like a more arrogant Tony Stark. Sure. That he's got this brains and he's really but he wasn't that arrogant, but he just kind of knew how smart he was and had mm-hmm. no tolerance of people that 
weren't as bright as he was. Hmm. Or, and the other person that he reminded me of was, have you seen uh, Sherlock Holmes with Benedict Cumberbatch? Yeah. Yeah. So the Benedict Cumberbatch's portrayal of yeah. Sherlock Holmes, where he's like super intelligent and knows how super intelligent he is. Right. So, yeah. And I kind of sprung that one on you. Um, like thinking about who the character reminds Yeah, me I of. pictured him a lot schlubbier for some reason. Um, like like that he got by on his brains and he was so well regarded. Like his, it, it's sort of like the a famous person who doesn't have to be good looking to be alluring um, just yeah. because of the, their, their not their personality, but their persona. And, uh, and so I pictured him like, like John Hodgman, who, who way back in the day, there used to be these, hi, I'm a Mac and I'm a PC commercials with yeah. Justin Long and John Hodgman. And John, John Hodgman is the way I pictured this guy, sort of nerdy, not in amazing shape. Um, but, uh, but I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why that's the way I pictured him. <laughs> there is a there is a picture in in the book. There are some uh, like original photos. There you go. It's not going to help anybody that's listening, but I wonder if I can show you that. That's oh, how nice. he was drawn. Yeah, so like big forehead, slightly spike. Um, he looks a little older in that. Yeah. So yeah, he's uh, he looks like he's in his you know forties, maybe fifties. I have to say that the the, the uh, uniform that he's wearing is a little evocative of uh, that is some of the, the European fascist uniforms of the, <laughs> of the like 20th century. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that is from the um, original. Yeah. Uh, you should uh, include a snap in the show notes or something. Yeah. Yeah. I'll find that. And yeah, I'll, I'll get that posted to you. Yeah. Yeah. Picture of Ralph himself yeah. on the telefot, the... Uh, Video conferencing. Mm-hmm. Did you listen to the other podcast that reviewed this? No, no, oh, I didn't. Oh, what was the, the, the? I think the the podcast is the Terrible Book Club. Oh, <laughs> where they just they just review <laughs> terrible books, and they and they they reviewed the book, and they um, so they review, they were saying how terrible it was, but they really found it quite charming as well. It's, they're not, it's not a science fiction um, podcast, but I just kind of. Just as part of the research, I thought I'd listen, see if anyone else has yeah, maybe reviewed it and found, found another podcast and yeah, and had a listen to that. And I think that's one of the more interesting things about this book. Isn't the book, it's, well, the book itself is, is okay. But the interesting thing is how much I, I am willing to defend this book. Sure. As a book, as a piece of literature, even though it's terrible right. because of what, Hugo Grensbeck has accomplished. You know, he's kind of mm-hmm. coined the term science. Was it scientification and science fiction? You know, they're all yeah, science fiction. He preferred uh, scientific fiction. Scientific. Oh, I, I was. Oh, yeah, I was in scientification. But yeah, yeah, that makes yeah makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was kind of why I feel the need to defend this. I mean, I defend most science fiction books because mm-hmm. you know that's you know I like science fiction. That's my thing and. I'm always prepared to, and when like my father-in-law, he's a he's a huge reader. He reads loads of books, and but he won't read science fiction. He's mm-hmm. like, oh no, I'm not into science fiction. It's like, how can you not be into it? You know, it's such right. a huge genre. Where anyway, that's a, a, a well, discussion for another day. But there's a lot more um, these days of sort of legit authors writing science fiction, but not calling it science fiction. I, I think of like um, Ishiguro. You know, he the, the um, 
he wrote the remains of the day, but he also wrote never let me go. Um, Clara and the sun, which, yeah. you know, they, they, they definitely skip over into the science fiction side, but they go, they're, they're shelved in different parts of the library or the bookstore hmm. uh, because they're legit authors or the, whatever it was, um, Ian McEwan, I think wrote the machines like me or something, which is definitely science fiction, but he adamantly said, no, it's not science fiction Yeah, Be- because he thinks that books like this one that we're talking about are science fiction and that anything that is, has more literary merit is no longer in the genre. Yeah. Well, which is, yeah, which is unfair because, yeah. you know, you got some yeah. real big hitters in, you know, you got like Neil Gaiman writing mm-hmm. science fiction. Um, so yeah, you can, there are some really brilliant authors doing science yeah. fiction. So yeah. I, but, people do throw out the baby with the bathwater sometimes. Totally. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. But, and, and the range of science fiction, like there's always these discussions about what type of book is, is this, is it a hard science fiction? Is it, dystopian is it time travel and stuff yeah i really like those conversations about science fiction just because i get to talk about science fiction and all its thing all its intricacies Mm. but that that's that's maybe i'm thinking of maybe doing an episode that is called science fiction doesn't exist Mm, i like it because it there's so many subcategories right that it's you know you well, could. yeah, and, and people will sometimes be really reductionistic about it and say, well, if it's not all hard science fiction, then it's no longer science fiction. It's speculative fiction. Yeah, I can't stand the term speculative fiction mm. because that's, that's even broader. It's much broader, yeah. <laughs> so so what's the point of it? It's just fiction. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, you know, everything comes under speculative fiction. Right. If it's not true, it's speculative. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I've never quite understood the term mm. speculative fiction. Yeah, I tend to substitute science fiction instead of speculative fiction. Yeah. So I, that, I use the term science fiction and, and I'm using it in a very, very broad sense. Yes. Yeah, yeah and it, it's a, it is a really hard thing to define. Mm. But when you read the book, you know that it's science fiction, I think, sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Yeah, it's okay, like... And I actually love it when a book pulls that trick on me where I'm like, okay, I feel like this is a science fiction book. And then all of a sudden, magic. And, and I think, oh, it was fantasy this whole time. That's great. Yeah. But that's, that's one for your podcast. It's um, like all the Hugo, like, is the Hugo Award for science fiction? No, no, it's science fiction and fantasy. Science fiction. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair enough. That answers that question. That's really easy then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> why, when you... why Game of Thrones is in there and Harry Potter and. Right. If you look yeah. down the list, it's mostly science fiction. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then that was because when, uh, you know, when I listened to your I, I tallied up my Hugo Award winners that I'd read, and mm-hmm. most of them were not science fiction. I've read all the ones that are non-science fiction, oh, like fine. Game of Thrones and Harry Potter, and uh, there was a few more on the list. Um, Man in the High Castle, mm. and uh, I mean that's alternate history, right? So that that falls under science fiction. It's a little magicy, but yeah, I. I, I, yeah, I don't think alternative history is science fiction. Okay. Just, you know, that's just fic- it's just fiction. Yeah, yeah. But if you look at it in terms of, you, you can make it science science fictional, right? By saying uh, many worlds, you know, the many yeah, worlds yeah. hypothesis. But then I think you've got to jump to another world. You've got to be able to have that kind of. There know, is like, that moment at the end of The Man in the High Castle where he kind of sees through to another universe, though. Yes, that is. Yeah, and that's the, I can see that's the only bit why it got into Science yeah. fiction or, or fantasy. Yeah. Well, plus it's Philip K. Dick, so. Yeah, but 
he can write non-science fiction. Sure, sure. But and you know, this is this is where it happens with authors where they write one science fiction books, one science fiction book, and then for for all time they're shelved in science fiction. Vonnegut was hated the fact that he got shelved that way. But I guess that's why Ian Banks changed it, uh, has two names. So, mm. so you got Ian Banks writes really good non-science fiction. Um, and then and Ian then M. Banks? Ian M. Banks for his, all his um, the culture sci-fi series. stuff. Yeah, the culture yeah. series and his other sci-fi stuff, which is yeah. like, that's a clever way of doing it. Make yourself seem like two people. It's a different imprint, right? Where yeah. you, you know, they do that with magazines and, and that sort of thing. And that, that I always move them around. And like, there's a big secondhand bookstore in, in my town. And occasionally there's like an Ian Banks in the sci-fi section. I have to move this. It doesn't go there. <laughs> yeah, I'll go put it in the right place for you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah, and then I try and like shuffle all the fantasy books to the bottom and the science fiction ones at the top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so back to the book, to Ralph 124C41, it is, I find it quite good fun to be able to defend this book. To, and, yeah. you know, if someone says this is a terrible book, I can defend it and say, no, it's a great book. Yeah. But in the same way, if someone it's says nonsense. it's a great book, I can say, no, it's not. It's a terrible book. It's right. really bizarre. And I find it really weird how you can have a book and be not sure whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I, and, that's, yeah. and that's probably why, um, would I recommend this book? Right. That's a, it's a nice point to turn to the, would I recommend this book? Mm-hmm. Like, I would recommend this book to anybody that likes science fiction. Hmm. I would recommend this to us. You know, someone reads science fiction. I'd be like, "Oh, read it." You, you know, it's short, it's quick. Mm-hmm. You can miss out like chapters four to seven very easily if yeah. you want to. I, I would not recommend this to someone who doesn't like science fiction. No, uh, as as like a a gateway to getting into reading it. I'm like, no, not not this one. <laughs> this this one will put them off the genre. <laughs> I should give this one to my father in law. Oh, you don't like science fiction? Try this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that will confirm you and your prejudice. Yeah. But yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I, I would, yeah, I would recommend that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it certainly fits in with the, the old style planetary romances and things like John Carter of Mars. Yeah. Um, and uh, although that is a better book. Goodness. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've only, I've, I've only read the first one, actually. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I'm reading the Princess of Mars. Yeah, the Princess of Mars. Yeah. No, I've not read in the the others. But yeah, I did like it. And the film was great. I like the film. I love that one, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did not do very well. No, surprisingly, which is really weird. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's a good film. Odd. Um, Do you want to do the final line from the book? Uh, Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is brilliant. So you you'd um talked about it, that he'd written the uh the final line first. The final line first. And weirdly enough the other podcast um that reviewed this book were t- said exactly the same thing that you said and I know you've not listened to the oh, podcast. Oh seriously? So, so, yeah, so I'm really glad you brought that up because <laughs> it's That's the funny. same thing. So this is so we're at the end of the book and Ralph has saved. Oh, yeah. He's even though his girlfriend died, he still managed to save her with like right. There's a little bit of Frankenstein in, in this. A one lot of. Well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. No, yeah, that's great as well. When he brings the dog back to life as well mm-hmm. <laughs> after a year. Um. So he's saved his wife. She's back to not his wife. He saved his girlfriend. Brought her back to life. 
and she's waking up in the hospital. And here we go. She, what is it, my darling? He asked tenderly. She looked him. She looked at him with an odd, with the old sparkle of mischief in her dark eyes. Dearest, she said, I have found out what your name really means. Ralph twined a little tendril of her hair around one of his fingers. Yes, he asked with a quizzical smile. Well, you see, and the lovely colour deepened to rose. Your name is going to be my name now, so I keep saying it over to myself, my darling. One, two, four, C, for one. And that's the final chapter of the, the final line of the final chapter in the yeah. book. Yeah. It's just like, I get it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's so really something. A, a really yeah. bad pun for, uh, yeah. That yeah. It just sort of ends on a dad joke. And, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant dad joke. Maybe oh. we could we could credit that one to to Gernsback as well with all yeah. these all these other predictions and dad jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one saw that coming. <laughs> um, well, that kind of wraps it up for me. Yeah. Anything you want to add? I don't think so. Uh, thanks so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, and I've got all your um, any social media links and all that kind of stuff. Um, you're very easy to find. <laughs> I am, yeah. Which is, which there, is there is another Seth Heasley in Pennsylvania. Um, Don't look. Yeah, does he do yeah. podcasts? No. Ah, nope. We're friends on Facebook, though. <laughs> <laughs> I should have got him to come on the podcast. That'd have been hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it really confuses my wife when I like his posts. <laughs> She's like, "Are you liking your own posts? And what, why were you posting about duck hunting?" I'm like, I wasn't. That was the other guy. Uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah. All right. Um, I'll wrap it up there. Thank you very Perfect. much, Seth. Yeah. And Thanks for having me. No, cool. Thank you. So we're doing the quiz on my podcast. Doing the quiz on your podcast. Okay. All right. Oh yeah, the podcast is the, the quiz is all about your podcast. Okay. <laughs> you, the, 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 the quiz is specifically for you. Okay. Yeah. We'll see how I do. Oh, you'll do brilliant. You'll be fine. Brilliant. Okay. Cheerio. Yep. Okay. So that was. Ralph one two four C four one plus by Hugo Grensbeck. Um, what a great episode that was! It was so much fun having Seth on the podcast. So the intro and outro might sound a bit differently because I recorded them at a different time to the actual chat with with Seth. So thanks again for listening. Um, the music that you're listening to underneath this bit was by my mate Daz, and I'll see you for the next one. Cheers, bye.